1: Welcome into The Family Room, and I'm Mari. I'm here with John and Craig. We are so glad you guys are joining us today. And today we have got a little bit of behind-the-scenes fun for you. You know, sometimes it's fun to know how the sausage is made. Sometimes you don't really want to know how it's made. (laughs) But um, in this case, what happened, this is, we've got a God story to share with you. Because when The Family Room was first uh, Conceived the idea of the family room being conceived it started way back in January of twenty twenty one and the first idea as we moved along was that it would be one host and interviewing different Catholic um, speakers and authors and lay leaders and evangelists about families and marriages and and wanting to equip families and marriages and that's still the idea, but it moved from one um, host, which was going to be me, to three hosts, which I'm so thrilled about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good things <it's> come in threes.
1: <laughs> they do. Holy yeah, Father Trinities, Son. for example. There you go.
0: <laughs> I don't know which Not one is Father, Son, or Holy Spirit there. here, but... Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the three musketeers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Anyway, so what uh, the God story that we wanted to share was, you know, God had laid this on my heart. um, And then there was a priest who knew all three of us. And um, he had actually been working with me a few times on Shelter and Peace, our other show we had here on AM 1160, The Quest. And he, uh, when I started telling him about the family room, he told me about these two guys who also had a heart for families and marriages and especially men's roles as spiritual leaders. And so he introduced me to Craig. But Craig, you also had an interaction with Father Martin as well.
2: Uh, I did. Unfortunately for him, he's been my spiritual director <laughs> or had been <laughs> for about eight years and had to put up with me and my, uh, my challenges. But you know, for that entire time, he and I have had conversations about uh, men, and what our role should and shouldn't be. Um, I was fortunate enough, he asked me to give some talks at the um, uh, Regnum Christi Men's Retreats. And it was all on, you know, men, what is what is our job? What isn't our job? And um, Ephesians 6 has been on my heart. And he and I have been talking about it. I mentioned to him that I met John Gordon just uh, a few months ago. And John had radio experience, but also had a deep desire to kind of push men to uh, step their game up. And Father Martin told me about you, Mari. Uh Uh-huh. Then John, why don't
0: you talk about how you and I met? It's, I mean, it's classic, right? So we, I have been down a path or I had this idea. A lot of people don't believe it. I am fundamentally a shy person. And after you spoke, Craig, in one of our small group meetings, I think I had met you twice from across the room. And if you saw us, Craig towers over me by about seven or eight feet, um, <laughs> But as he does most of humanity. But um, I, like you were already in your truck. Headed out from small group. I don't know if you remember this. And I was like the little boy knocking on the door. Um, do you think we could talk? And (laughs) That's how I felt. But I had this idea that we were, you know, we wanted, I listened to how you talked about, you know, bringing certain disciplines to your faith life. And I wanted to talk about that. And I've been really, really frustrated for a long time about the message that society delivers about men and husbands and fathers and boys. And I was, I mean, I don't want to tell you I was particularly holy. I was just sick to death of it. And I thought, okay, this guy's pretty big pretty loud if i can get some messages in with him we're going to we're going to go places and then he sent us to Mari to kind of like calm everything down and put some order behind us so we could actually do something. But it's, it's it's classic. It's like we, I was down a path. Okay. This is what I'm going to go for. I think we even called the show man up, right? We were, yeah, we were ready exactly. for that. And then guys like, you might not be ready to man up. You should talk to somebody else. And so here
1: we are. Um, I love how God puts desires on our hearts. Mm-hmm. He puts desires on our hearts and then he fulfills them in ways that we cannot even imagine. I know that for example, just the whole thought of marriage. God put the desire in my heart to be married when I was probably about five years old. Um, actually put the desire into my heart to have kids. I wasn't sure about the boy part yet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but as I got older, you know, I decided, okay, that would be good too. And I didn't get married till I was in my thirties, but I had such a peace during that time because I knew God was going to fulfill that desire of my heart. And it's the same with this radio show. He put the desire of my heart to create a show that, um, would be specifically for Catholics. It would be a little bit like a focus on the family or a family life today that you might have heard in your Christian radio stations. But I realized we didn't have anything like that. And then um, I kept thinking, but there's something missing. It can't just be me talking to people. I really want other people. And then when you guys came along, it was so cool because I remember our first meeting we met and we were like finishing each other's sentences. Actually, Craig and I first talked on the phone for like an hour or so. And then the three of us met and you had, John, you had this whole like two or three pager of stuff that you had ideas on. Like I
0: said, that was my path.
1: (laughs) Yeah, your path. Not so much. (laughs) Yeah. And then it was so, It just, was just amazing.
2: But it's interesting to me too, how three different individuals from different backgrounds that have never met each other before. And frankly, I was living up in Swanee. Oh, wow. I wasn't at St. Peter's Chanel. I had no contact with John or anybody, but how God for years has put one thing on my heart, put something on John's heart, has put something on your heart. And then magically, as I say magically, it got, got incidents. You know, when the time was right, he decided, okay, I'm going to bring these three folks together and let's see what they can do with this. And frankly, I've got no radio experience other than a little bit in college. You've been doing it. John's got seven, no, 20, 26, 26 years, 26 years, 26 years of, uh, of radio experience. And he puts us all together and Quite honestly, this has been a beautiful experience for me. Great.
1: Yeah, it's been it's amazing. Yeah, so that's what happened, right? So the show that you, you guys are going to get to hear today, like we said, this is kind of getting to see the making of the sausage, is this spring we actually got together, and I interviewed you for this show that was supposed to be just me hosting, and you guys were my guests on this first show, or this one of these shows, um, on Men as Spiritual Leaders. So as you listen to this, it'll sound as if I'm interviewing you guys, because I was, because you were my guests on the show um, but what's so cool is when the people in the studio heard this show with the three of us, they said, Oh my gosh, there's so much. There's something cool there. There's yeah. like a dynamic between the three of you that's just um, beautiful. And we would love to have you work together. How do you think about that? What do you think about that? And I was like, Yes, that would be awesome.
0: <laughs> we are the guests that never went away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So stay tuned for Menace um, Spiritual Leaders. And once again, this was a show the three of us, uh, put together back in april but god knew that you needed to hear it right now and as we will on every show we will pray and so simple prayer today and to our patron saint who we just are praying are is intervening for the show saint john paul ii pray for, pray for us. us so why do men need to be spiritual leaders
2: Well, I think it's interesting because as you mentioned with Adam, um, funny enough, the first thing he does is he tells God, well, that woman you put here with me, (laughs) she did it. So instead of taking responsibility, he automatically deflects and points to her and says, you know, almost it's your fault, God, that she did this because you're the one who put her here. And to your point, you know, he stands back and he sits there and watches her have a conversation with some wily creature that, you know, nobody would want to be around. And I think that men over time have been taught that uh, their role Mm -hmm. is not spiritual because that's touchy-feely, that's very interior. Ah. And as St. John Paul II said, men are not very interior. He alluded to the fact that we don't like to get inside of ourselves because quite frankly, we're going to find things we may not like and don't want to address. So over time, we've kind of taken on the role that my job is to be a provider. Mm -hmm. My job is to kind of direct but honey, you're the spiritual leader here because, you know, you're in touch with God. You, you know, tear up when we're at mass or whatever. Uh-huh. And I think we've relegated that role as men. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think, and John will go into some t- statistics later. If you look at it, our children are looking to us. Yeah. The spirituality that they find is most closely related, related to the father. Yes. And I think at the same time as... I've been drilling down on a spiritual direction course I've taken. Um, Our identity Mm -hmm. is wrapped up in our relationship with God, the father. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have good examples of fatherhood in a lot of cases, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think our job is to step up into that and be that spiritual leader where our kids, our wives, the communities can look and get a glimpse of God, get a a glimpse of Christ through the way we're living and how we're reflecting what he's taught us. Right, exactly.
1: That really struck me when I was many years ago, I was a Stephen minister. And so I dealt with people who were hurting in a lot of different ways. And I remember learning that oftentimes the way you see God is the way you saw your own father. And 100%. to your point, exactly what you just said, Craig, when we did, don't have an earthly relationship that's very healthy or very good with our earthly father, then that's kind of a broken relationship potentially with our heavenly father. And I didn't understand it because I have an amazing father. I've got a great earthly father. I was so blessed with just a wonderful father who I can always count on for everything who's always got my back, who I know will protect me and take care of me. But I was working with a young woman and she did not have a father. Um, At least she didn't have a father who had been in her life. And she really struggled with her relationship with God. Exactly to your point. She struggled with having an understanding of who she was as the daughter of this amazing heavenly father who loved her with an agape, unconditional love. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, Dr. Meg Meeker talks about that in Mm -hmm. her book, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. Yeah. And it's funny because my daughter um in college we talked about relationships and things she's seen Mm -hmm. and she said you know the girls that she ran into and not in a judgmental way because she loved them they were in sororities with her but a lot of the girls that were hurting the most Mm -hmm. whether it was masked by drugs or whether it was masked by promiscuity whatever Mm -hmm. she could point to it and say yeah their fathers were either not involved at all or their fathers were involved unfortunately because
0: they
1: were very damaging how Mm -hmm. they treated them wow wow that's amazing yeah. John, do you have some additional thoughts on that one?
0: I think um, just thinking of times that, that Barb and I uh, did youth group or tr- work with the youth group or even in our own family, um, you use the words touchy-feely, Craig, right? We, there's this tendency to think. Sure. And and let's just say that, that the mom is the more touchy-feely one. That's great. I have noticed that when men, fathers or I in a role as a male with both boys and girls or adolescent, you know, young mm-hmm. men and young women, when the man speaks about faith or mm-hmm. when the man speaks about spiritual things, they pay attention. Mm-hmm. There's a credibility there um, that's that really is critical. And and we will look at some statistics, but we were talking earlier, right? That mm-hmm. when a father is uh, in a relationship, just going to mass, just taking the family to mass and a mother may not be as active. Mm-hmm. Um, or when the mother is active, the likelihood of children attending mass when they're out on their own is radically greater. Like 33 uh, percent jumps to 41 percent, I think. So it's like 12 you're 12 times more likely as a child to continue that practice uh, if your dad was the one who was the more consistent. Uh, Performer.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think they kind of expect it from the mom, right? And we become Charlie Brown's teacher after a while. Wah, 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 wah. You know, I know yeah. my kids are like, okay, mom, yeah, uh-huh, whatever. Because I'm always like, oh, dang, did you pray? And do you want me to pray? And wah, wah, wah. But as soon as my husband says something, oh, they're locked on. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, Yeah, no, and I think there's a critical nature to this too, because we keep talking about the spirituality, which is the key, Mm -hmm. but it's prompted by looking at the society around us that, you know, it's like standing inside of a burning house and sitting there in your lounge chair, pretending like it's not burning down Mm -hmm. around you. Mm -hmm. And I think the focus for so many of us has been on all the external Mm -hmm. that we keep looking to the outside. And a lot of what's driven John and I to even have these conversations is, you know, you've had a lot of rhetorical conversation because of the election over what a politician is going to do or what this policy is, which all are very important. I get it. Mm -hmm. But by engaging so much in that conversation, we've relegated God once again to a lesser position. Mm -hmm. And I think when John and I look at it as fathers looking at families in a burning house, you're not going to sit there and watch the house burn down around you. You're going to, number one, Rush your kids out. You're going to go get burned. You're going to step into the fire. You're going to do all the things you can to save your family. Right. And in a society that has basically said, there is no really God because there is no devil. We don't need any of that mm-hmm. stuff. We're watching the effects of that around us. And God is looking at every one of us men mm-hmm. and saying, excuse me, step up. Yeah. It's time for you to take the role I gave you from the beginning of creation, which was lead, protect, love. And serve your family
1: right, right, exactly, yeah, you guys are supposed to be loving us the way Christ loved the church, Ouch. and how did love yeah. <laughs> there you go, but <laughs> right. I actually don't have to love my husband, I have to respect him. he's got to love me with that self sacrificial love that Christ had as he loved the church. that's huge. If people read the Bible and saw those words, it would radically change the way I think they they interacted as as couples as as, as and it probably would also radically change who you chose as a spouse. Right, because Uh,
2: yeah,
1: it's it's fascinating. You know, one of the things you just said also struck me, and I meant to mention this earlier. We are called as parents um, to something really special as far as the Christian home, because, like you said, we've relegated God to a place that's not even important in this. life that we have these days a lot of people have anyway but the catechism of the catholic church reminds us in catechism 1666 it actually says the christian home is the place where children receive the first proclamation of the faith and for this reason the family home is rightly called the domestic church you know and listeners that's exactly why we are here on am 1160 the quest talking about the family room. We're inviting you into the family room. We're talking about marriages and families because it is so critical today that we are able to equip and encourage marriages and families. And that's what we're here to do here on this show, The Family Room. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to John Gordon and Craig Wiesmeyer, and we're talking about the topic of men as spiritual leaders, and especially today, why it's so important. And so, you know, just saying that, we just talked in general why it's important, but why is it so important, especially today? And, you know, I know you have some a variety of, of different statistics around that. Um, would either would one of you like to share some of the thoughts with that? Why it's so critical, especially today?
0: I think... I think we have we've clearly established that the, the 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 man the father has a role in the spiritual life right and and so I think in very practical terms and and, and if I could just go down a sports analogy path for a second right sure. so so if you're the center and you weigh three hundred and some pounds, and your job is to you know be there between. The, the 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 defensive line and the quarterback, and you decide i 'm not going to do that today i 'm going to go on line up with the wide receivers, and you know the tight end's going to be in my center spot it 's going to be a really bad day for the quarterback it 's a really bad day, a long day if he makes it through and i think I think that that 's just a really clear cut when there's a role, and clearly there is a role God has wired us into these positions, and that role is abandoned bad things happen mm-hmm. and and there 's some statistics to support that right so if you if you take U.S. Census Bureau statistics, um, that, uh, uh, talking to the Department of Justice, 63% of youth suicides come from families where the father was absent. Oh, my word. Uh, runaway, 90% of all homeless and runaway youths from uh, families that, that didn't have a dad. Behavioral disorders, 85% of all ch- children that exhibited behavioral disorders come from that same scenario. High school dropouts, mm-hmm. 71% when the dad is not there. Um, So there's just there's ramifications that where, where behavior is, is incorrect or missing. There are pure consequences and measurable consequences.
1: I have a visceral reaction, especially as a mom, my mama bear is coming out right now. <laughs> you know, I have a visceral reaction when I hear those and I think men, we need you, we need you. And I am so, um, I get so frustrated realizing and thinking about the times where we've put men, we've relegated men to a, a backseat position. And we said, we can all do it ourselves and we don't really need you. And I think in some ways that's what's happening in our society today too you know the the breaking up of the nuclear family the not recognizing the importance of family moms and dads, so so critical. Those statistics just said so much right there.
2: Now, do you feel like a lesser woman for saying you need a husband or need a father to step up?
1: No, (laughs) I feel like I'm very tired. I think uh, a lot of women are very tired and they're like, they want the men to step up. Now, having said that, I've got a great husband, I really do. But I've been around a lot of women and I know a lot of women are tired of trying to do all of it. And we were sold a bill of goods. We were told we could do all of it. Guess what? God gave us all. We are made in the image and likeness of God. We all have amazing spiritual gifts. And if we have to, I've got some friends who are, by by just different circumstances, have become single moms. Um, either they lost a husband um, because he passed away or something else happened really terrible and they did do it all, but that's not the way it was created yeah, to be. No, and exactly. I thought about how exhausted they seemed so much of the time, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, no, you'd have to be worn out, taking, wearing two hats and especially in a world today when you look Kid, I think statistically 51% of all kids in the U.S. are born to a single-family household. Mm. And there's other communities where it's as high as 75%. Wow. And to be lied to. And th- that's the interesting part of how Satan, like in the garden, insidiously will take truths mm-hmm. and twist just enough of it to get us to believe it. Meaning, well, women, you are strong. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ladies, you have a right to do this, that, and the other thing. 100%. Mm-hmm. And they... He twists the fact that he says, and going back to the spirituality in the church, well, the church was a bunch of men. They dictated all these rules against women. You know, you can't do this. You can't do that. And the reality is the church and now Christ never said that.
1: No, no. Christ
2: raised women to a status that they didn't have back in those days. Mary Magdalene with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look back at it. God raised men and women to be. Yeah. Co-joined. Exactly. And complementary. Yes. Complementary. Yeah. Not, complimentary. Yep. not um, uh, fighting each other for a position or whatever it is.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, and St. Paul did too. He really, he raised up women. He talked about the dignity and the strength of women. Um, if you look in scripture, even into the Old Testament, the first person that God ever appeared to was a woman he appeared to hagar in the old testament that was i mean women have always been very um very respected um throughout scripture but we have different roles and we were made god made us as you said complementary we have these different roles so you all probably were very fortunate in that you had some spiritual leaders in your life for this to be probably um, something that you've walked into so who were some of the spiritual leaders and did you have a, you know a dad who was a spiritual leader what might that have looked like so well, Craig you're it's smiling fact,
2: it was funny because you're <laughs> smiling back at me because when we talked about this ahead of time um, now you know I would say it's interesting because to your point about uh, women evolving taking on roles sometimes if their husbands have not mm-hmm. um, my mother went through a number of things she took a much more prominent role. My father was always there, mm-hmm. but as a leader, she took on the leadership role because he was happy not to be the leader. Mm. But um, so she was a huge influence on me. She's, you know, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But the interesting and the moment that when I contemplate this really sticks out. So my father was never baptized until I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. So it's like starting life with one arm behind your back and a mm. blinder on. Mm. And the family never had any faith. So he didn't grow up in a church. He didn't grow up with spirituality. And he grew up in a very, um, male dominated mentality of men work they don't do all these other things long story short my man my father was a was a very large strong man and one sunday i uh, was uh, during the summertime we were supposed to go to mass and uh, i told my mom i'm not going because i'm going to hang out with my father who was working in the yard and um so he didn't go to mass no 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 yeah. no he didn't yeah. stop my mother he he supported her faith but he was too busy he was working all these you know taking care of the family he was a carpenter funny enough in the year of saint joseph <laughs> <laughs> um, but he had to work weekends. He had to do a lot of things. Point is, it wasn't a priority. Mm-hmm. So I walk outside in my play clothes as a little boy. And he says, so wh- what are you doing? And he, my mother's in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure looking very sternly at him. And he looks at me and says, so um, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm hanging out with you today. I'm not going to church. He looks at me and he says get your butt inside and go to mass with your mother. <laughs> when a massive man very directly says, you better go do this. As even as a little kid, you go, that's pretty important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful story. I love that. And I can just imagine that little six year old looking up at this towering man and going, I think I just heard the voice of God <laughs> <laughs> telling me I better go to mass with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um John, what about you? What did it look like for you
0: for for uh for us it was my dad was um definitely a spiritual man, a spiritual leader. He was a man of few words mm. um but when he spoke, it was typically impactful and um I think we would tell you that we probably paid more attention to what he did uh-huh. than what he said yeah um because he was he was he was uh, pretty soft spoken but he he had a hard line. Dad had no problem with black and white right or wrong and and then I recall like wanting to go to a movie and in Chicago, there was a publication called The New World. It was comparable to our Georgia Bulletin. And every week they came out with all the movies that were in the theaters. And it rated all the movies according to Catholic standards. Uh-huh. And if it was morally objectionable in part or in any part, if that was part of the rating. We weren't, we weren't going to see that. And wow. so I missed a lot of things that like even in high school <laughs> that, that friends got to see. But, um, but I think it was, I would say... It, when he spoke, it was direct. And, and, and my kids will even joke about this. Grandpa lived by the principle, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah. And there were times that he was really quiet, which now makes me nervous in retrospect, but it's, <laughs> I, I think it was good practice.
1: Well, one of the things that I love about the stories that both of you told is we were just talking about how men and women are complementary. And so we each have our different roles. But God is such a good, good God that he makes each of us uniquely different, too. And so based on the temperament, the personality, introvert, extrovert, all of those styles, he's going to take each one of you and make you into the perfect leader, spiritual leader for your family based on your temperament. Because he already knew which children you were going to get, what they needed from you, right? So a lot of people say, oh, well, I'm not touchy feely or I'm an introvert. You know what? That's a bunch of I can't say it on the air. (laughs) That's hooey. That's hooey, right? Yeah, you you were given, you've got the Holy Spirit. You have got the Holy Spirit living within you. And you have that, you know, my husband and I are very different. He's more an introvert. I'm more an extrovert. And I remember thinking, God, I want him to be more of a spiritual leader. I want him to do this. And I had in my mind what that looked like, right? It was like, I want him to lead devotionals and read the Bible out loud to us and all of that. And what I realized was, I was expecting him to be the spiritual leader according to what my giftings were and what was important to me and God just hit me between the eyes and he said, "But look at how he leads and serves with kindness and humility. Look at his integrity. Look at look at how your children are becoming more formed in the likeness of Christ." By the way, your husband is. And it was so humbling for me to recognize that he was leading spiritually. He was just leading in a different way. And so I I just mentioned that as well as an encouragement to listeners if they think, well, you know what? I don't really know what that looks like. And I don't know that I've got the tools. God will give you the tools because he wants you to be in that role. So, listeners, we are going to head to our break in just a second. And when we come back from our break, we are going to continue this wonderful conversation about men as spiritual leaders um, with Craig Wiesmeyer and John Gordon from St. Peter's Chanel. And God has just put beautiful things on their hearts around this topic. So um, stay tuned and we'll be back right after this break.
3: We'll
0: be right back inside the family room in moments on The Quest.
3: Listening to AM 1160 The Quest at home just got easier. Join The Quest with Alexa. Search for us on the Alexa app or say Alexa, enable The Quest skill. After enabling the skill, simply say Alexa,
4: open The Quest. Now joining The Quest.
3: 60 Seconds with Mother
2: Angelica.
4: Piety means that we all have one Father, the Eternal Father, Breathe the soul into my body. Only God creates. I forget the chances that we had of ever being created, but it goes into the millions. If they were selling tickets for one in ten million, you wouldn't buy one. I wouldn't buy one. I think that would be stupid. You don't have a chance. But you had not only a chance, but God decided to create you. And he created you with a specific degree of holiness that he wants from you. And that's what's so wonderful. We are created by God to be with him in heaven forever. The people you
0: know and trust are on EWTN. This is Father Kevin Peake, a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and this is my favorite prayer, the breastplate of St. Patrick. Let us pray. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger, amen. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes.
3: Did you know that if you were born after 1973, one fourth of your generation is missing? Perhaps that's why so many people longing for their soulmates have not been able to find them. They may have been aborted. Have you wondered who will find the cure for Alzheimer's, cancer, or diabetes? God may have already sent someone to discover those cures, but someone's choice ended their life before it began. Society tells us that we are alive because of our mother's choice. The world says that your worth comes from your convenience to others, but the maker of this world tells us otherwise. You are created in the image and likeness of God full of dignity, and no one can take that away from you. So be not afraid. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity.
2: For more homegrown
0: wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
2: Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in their spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic radio. There are four great ways to listen to The Quest on your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. What's the outcome you want for your life? What about your children? If our ultimate goal is heaven, then we need to form habits that help lead us there. Habits are essential because we become what we do, and virtue is just that, the habit of doing good. Do you know what the number one predictor of your child's spiritual life is? I'll give you a hint. It's your spiritual life. If we want our children to get to heaven, we have to set the example for them to follow. It starts with the habit of prayer. Prayer is the foundation for the virtues that lead to heaven. Prayer has the greatest impact when it's the first thing we do in the morning. When we start the day with prayer, it spills over
0: and touches the rest of our day. And that is powerful. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Please join us in a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
3: You can take AM. 1160, the Quest, with you, no matter the location. Listen live any time of day. Discover community resources and submit prayer requests at thequestatlena.com.
0: Welcome back to the family room with Mari, John, and Craig on AM 1160, the Quest.
1: And welcome back listeners, you are listening to AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio station. I'm Mari Cleveland, and you are listening to The Family Room. So we're so glad you're joining us and we are back with our guests, Craig Wiesmeyer and John Gordon, two gentlemen from St. Peter's Chanel. And right before the break, we were talking about our topic today, which is dads or men in their roles as spiritual leaders. But before we go back into that topic, we have a question we ask every guest on the family room um, because as we've said, the family room is a great place where um, where uh, family begins, where families are molded and shaped, and a lot of fun things happen in the family room. So this is our question. Our question is, what is your favorite family room activity or memory? So well,
2: we- Beautifully now, since we moved into a new house where our kitchen and our family room are the same room. Yes. Um, <laughs> dining together and you know cooking or being around that kind of atmosphere wine you know whatever that's probably our favorite time to get together because everybody comes together we all get to talk um and it's by the grace of God been carved out is the family time. So everybody sits down, love to tell you, we all put our phones up, we don't, but it's really just having that time to catch up and just talk to each other. And then quite honestly, the only other time, which is outside of the house is um, taking road trips together, being in the car, not, you know, racing to airports, but when you're locked in a car, taking your child to college nine hours away or going to tournaments for basketball or volleyball with your
0: family, just a great time to be together.
1: That's great. That's great. Thanks, Craig. How about you, John?
0: Um, I I think of a specific time is like Christmas time in our Mm. family room, right? Growing up, we were in this little bungalow in Chicago, so the family room was the kitchen and the dining room and all (laughs) that stuff, right? But um, now, uh, especially when the kids were were in the house, uh, the family room, whether it was our, our home in Charlotte or here in Atlanta when we would get together, that's where the music was. That's Mm -hmm. also where my prayer chair is. But, um, it was, it's like, there's a togetherness. And then at Christmas time, it's all lit differently. Uh And, um, it's pretty and it's quiet. And, and sometimes Barbara and I'll just go in there after dinner and sit on the couch together and not say anything, just be quiet and enjoy. But we would read at Christmas time, uh, with the kids, um, the Christmas story from St. Luke. Right. And then, um, we read, um, the uh, um, the Charles Dickens. Uh, actually, never quite got all the way through that, but uh, the, the night before Christmas. The night before Christmas, yeah. Right. And yeah. then um, we had a book growing up called Jolly Old Santa Claus that we always, <laughs> that my grandmother always read to us. And so every year, I mean, my kids were 20, pushing... The, 20-something, and we still read Jolly Old Santa Claus <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Awesome. So it was just that time together where there's just something special about that place.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, and the family really is, we are a, um, we're a, we're here on earth, kind of like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? We're supposed to be emulating that. We're that same, that Trinity as, us, um, as the family. And so I love that, that those ideas of it's time to be together, it's time to eat together, like we do at Mass, mm-hmm. right? It's time to talk and reflect together, to laugh, to enjoy. Um, and it's also time for those traditions to take place. And so that's what we're talking today. We're talking about spiritual leadership. We're talking about those traditions, not just the traditions of going to Mass, which as is important, as you guys said, right before the break, when we talked about how if a father goes to Mass, his children are so much more likely to go to Mass. Yep. But it's also um, just the opportunity to, to share with each other who they are and whose they are and talk about God and, um, and how he applies to our lives every day. So before the break, we did talk about all of this, why it's so important for men to be spiritual leaders, kind of what's happened in our world today, um, how you guys had some beautiful spiritual leaders in your own lives, and, and, and God's put something really specific on your hearts around this area. What is it What is it that God, that God is calling you to do in this area of mare, male spiritual leadership?
0: Well, I think I pay attention to 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 things sometimes that may or may not be like direct but i notice subtle things whether it's in my job um uh and and i've been paying attention for i probably 20 years maybe more if you listen to the messages on television if you look at ads there's this subtle message about men just being kind of unnecessary mm. or that's that's the best message um you don't need them you certainly don't need him as a father. You don't need him to have a child. Mm. Uh, I mean, beyond a certain point, and 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 so they're unnecessary, and and that's so wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually, in the beginning, you dismiss it, but but it's just been eating away at me. Very mm-hmm. honestly, it's like, mm-hmm. and, and then it comes to that point, like enough is enough. Mm-hmm. We have a whole batch of young men now, young dads, and young men who are children of those dads who have heard this message over and over again and it, and I it's time to call done it's mm-hmm. time to call done mm-hmm. and so that's really what's on my heart I don't think I would call it a particularly holy crusade I'm just like I'm tired of it and it's mm-hmm. time to speak the truth mm-hmm. and and the other piece I think just if there's dads listening or to the dads who are listening I think maybe more importantly looking back now all my youngest child our youngest child is 31 years old I, our oldest is 40 and and I think about the times that I didn't get it right, mm-hmm. and the, and the regrets that I feel there, and the times that I did get it right, and it was like, I, I I just did that. I if I had to write the script, I might not have written it that way, but I'm really glad I did. And so for for dads who aren't sure, I'm saying just go out there because mm-hmm. you're important, you're necessary. When you speak, it means something, whether you think it does or not. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's grace and a role that you fulfill, and and I would just say, I think. I am not an extraordinary man like I mean in in on the fast food menu of life. I'm kind of like in the nothing burger category. There's nothing special here, but I'm but I'm passionate about this. So I can be in that role. Driven like this, I want dads out there who have this responsibility to feel that same. You know what? I'm going. These are my kids, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And God called you for that purpose. And so, guess what? To your wife and to your kids, you are. You're the Big Mac with, with all, you're right. the yes, Whopper. Exactly. You're everything, right? <laughs> <Special sauce. laughs> with all the special sauce. All you all are. Well, and you're right. And I've got a son. And so, I would have noticed as well. I want my son to recognize. He's got an incredibly important role to play and he's got, I don't want him to be Adam in the garden, standing back and watching Eve engage with the devil and not doing anything about it. And then just taking the bite of the apple. Okay, honey. Yeah. Whatever you say. No, no, no. I want my son to say, Hey Eve, I love you too much for that to happen. And let's remember what God taught us. And we're, we're sharing truth with each other. You know, and John, something that you just said, you said, I didn't do it perfectly, but I did it. I engaged, right? It may not have been perfect, but I engage and guess what? God will take the intent of your heart and he will make it into something really critical and really special. Yeah. Craig, what about for you? No, and I, no and I appreciate
2: you? that because, you know, just being engaged from John's perspective makes you special because mm-hmm. um, too many people people today think I'm a father just because I have children and that's right. not what being a father is all about right but I think mine also come from the stag and it's funny you both said truth a couple mm-hmm. of times mm-hmm. and I think you know you look around and you can get in trouble for talking about truth because we live in a relative society with truth is you know what I think it is and that's a lie mm-hmm. God created truth God laid it out and I find it interesting because when you look around and you see Families falling apart, whether it's divorce rates, whether it's a suicide rate that John talks about, whether it's um, the alcohol, pornography is off the charts, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. God said, You need to step into the breach. Yes, yes. I've given a couple talks, and Ephesians 6 is like the heart of all those talks mm-hmm. because we tend to point to what we can see. Right. And I don't like you, Mari, because you said or did this. And in reality, there's an influence that we don't pay attention to. That's where the talk of the spirituality comes in. Mm-hmm. Because unless we engage with God, unless we let him infuse us with the Holy Spirit, we've all been given the Holy Spirit at baptism and a mm-hmm. confirmation, but it's dead in a lot of people because we don't listen. We don't spend the time quietly to talk. to I me. Mean, it was beautiful what you said about your husband and that interaction where God told you. Mm-hmm. Well, God didn't tell you. In the noise of the world, he didn't tell you (laughs) driving in your car jamming music. He told you in the silence of your heart. Right. And in that, God will speak. Mm -hmm. In that, God brings out truth. But then what he does, he challenges you. He's challenged me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: As John said, you know, I've done it imperfectly a lot. I speak out of turn i'm I'm saint peter john (laughs) john is john let me put it that way when i say saint peter i don't mean because i'm running a church i mean because my foot's in my mouth all the time i run ahead i'm telling god what he needs to do and god saying get behind me just follow me but it it was put on my heart that you know we need that people understand this is a critical battle yes But it's not a battle that we're losing. It's not a battle that we're not going to win. You know, Ephesians 6 said this is a battle of powers and principalities, not flesh and blood. Exactly. I can't fight flesh and blood with uh, powers and principalities with flesh and blood. Right. I've got to bring the Holy Spirit into that. And the beauty of it, the hope for everybody listening, for the wives that are so afraid of whether it's COVID or what's going to happen to my kids or what's going to happen to this or that husbands men stand up
1: mhm mhm
2: exactly let them know god's in charge
1: yeah yeah exactly that the ultimate father
2: the 100% husband. and yeah. he's got the plan right. he knows the plan and he's not sitting back silently he has not disconnected from us like a lot of us mm-hmm. may have disconnected from society mm-hmm. he's moving right he's introduced me my brother john over here a band of brothers you know guys need community with other other men they don't have it cuz they don't seek it out why i don't want to know about his problems maybe i don't want to hear i don't want him to know mm-hmm. i'm not perfect yeah. but covid is pushing us to community getting back to small communities and in particular, hopefully communities of faith where we all support each other because we're going into battle together. We're not leaving somebody out there by themselves.
1: That's awesome. Okay, there's so much that you just said I'm like Sorry, I, yes. No, 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 I love it because my brain's going to all these different scriptures at once. One of the scriptures, like you just said, COVID's driving us to community, it is fascinating because COVID drew, drove us to isolation, which is what Satan wants, but Just like Joseph said to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, right? What the evil one meant for evil, God is doing amazing things through COVID. We're seeking community. We're recognizing how important it is to have community. And I love that. I love that. The other thing we're talking about, chapter six, that's the reason that God really put on my heart this show specifically, a show specifically to equip and to encourage marriages and families, Um, equip people with the godly truth, that you just said, the biblical truth, Because we are in a spirit, we are in spiritual warfare. We are in a battle together and we need an army of people who will turn to God. You know what happened in the battle in the Old Testament? Every single time in the battles, God went first. And the only times they got in trouble, the Israelites got in trouble, right? Was when they charged ahead of God and they forgot to stop and pray and ask God what to do. And they didn't let God lead them. God is leading us. And we need to remember that, that we are to do that. And it's so fascinating if you read Ephesians, especially what you just spoke to. If you look at Ephesians, you've got the end of chapter five, talking to wives and husbands and um, into chapter six. And what's interesting about it is it goes straight from children and parents and what you need to do into the battle against evil. God knew that the family was going to be under attack. That's why we have this show. That's why we're talking to men here. Listeners, we're talking to men like Craig and John who have a heart for this because your family is under attack. And the evil one recognizes the power of the family, recognizes that the the domestic church is born in the family, um, that we are the kingdom of God here on earth in the family. And so it's so critical that we are fighting. And you just as you said, Craig, we are fighting these principalities with spiritual armor. We put on the armor of Christ. We put on the spiritual armor, the righteousness, the peace, the faith, the truth, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we have got to do that. Yeah. Okay. You got me fired up. (laughs) (laughs) I just took off there for a second. I apologize. Okay. Back to asking you guys questions. So in talking about that. You know, you just set a beautiful, you guys just both said a really beautiful reason so how would you describe leading your family? What does that look like for you? So, John, what does it look like for you to lead your family?
0: I, I really, Craig, you just talked about the battle. I like the idea that um, that a husband, a father, it needs to be the warrior for the souls of mm. his spouse and his children. Exactly. And and, and and it's a battle. And we talked about Adam at the very beginning, right? I am not a theologian, so you can't write any of this down. <laughs> but I will tell you, in my humble opinion, Adam's original sin was not the apple. Adam's original sin was not standing between Eve and the serpent. Exactly. Like which one of us in a social setting who who's some sleaze guy comes up to your spouse and begins to you know, speak inappropriately, whatever. Which one of us does not move into that scene immediately? Mm-hmm. But Adam, who was there... Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ...didn't do it, yeah. right? And so I... I look at like you're built for warrior. I'm built for something in between warrior and not warrior. I'm going to okay, Yeah, I was going to
1: say our listeners can't see you, uh, but but Craig, how tall are you? Six foot six. Okay, so Craig is six six, and John, how tall are you? Four eight. <laughs> no,
0: nah, <you're> that, not. <laughs> six foot. But there's a different little structure. Anyway, I, I think the point is I, I like that, and and so I think. Sometimes we think about leading, being a spiritual leader, we're, we're, uh, we're wandering around the house, Bible in hand. By the way, my dad, as an awesome leader, never read the Bible to me, mm-hmm. never did, wow. um, but, but he lived it, but we're not walking around Bible in hand. I think we are leading prayer. I mm-hmm. think if it's meals, it's like, remind everybody it's, it's grace, um, um, right from wrong. There's out, there's a line. Left of it is bad, right of it's bad. Yeah. Get get on track. Yeah. And I think as a father, what I learned sometimes the hard way, there's a huge difference between like and love. Mm. And if you're the spiritual leader, you love and part of your love is to correct. And your children may not like you and you may not like them <laughs> depending on the scenario. But but it's really important as a as a as a father as a spiritual leader. To demonstrate the behaviors that they're looking for, that mm. that, that are part of, uh, and it's got to be natural for you. It's, like I said, I don't think it's about reading the Bible. I think it's, um, I think it's behaving. And Craig, you said something I think is really, really important. You got to associate it with like, you have to associate with like-minded men. Mm-hmm. You, you, we, we are, we thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't necessarily want to be all. I don't know what the right word is. All emo? Can I say that? It's all emo. Uh-huh. We, but but we want to be around men because eventually we'll get to sharing those things. Like you know what? I'm kind of hacked, and this is why. And mm-hmm. we get to it. Be around like minded men.
1: Right, and and you need that encouragement from them. You need that. Um, accountability You need 100%. somebody else to call you out, right? When you're not doing what you're supposed to do. But you also need to know that you're in the battle together. You know, if you think about those warriors and, and the ones that were most successful, they all were huddled together. They were close. I don't remember what that's called, like that phalanx of of warriors, right? right? Where I can just see it in my, yeah, my history no. book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys need that. But
0: you're well, a warrior with your spouse, too, I yes. think. Because you know, I can't tell you how many times I was ready to charge the hill and Barbara would say, choose your battles, John, <laughs> choose your battles. So. Right.
1: Right. We said that from the beginning, right? They were supposed to be together. Adam and Eve were supposed to be together in this. We're supposed to be together with our spouse. You know, recently with my, my, my daughter's a senior in high school. She's heading off on a spring break. You know, we had to have some conversations about what might happen in spring break and what is our family rule and what do we expect? And, you know, she tried to do the divide and conquer like most of our kids <laughs> might try, but we were on the same team. And so she went and asked her dad and she got the exact same response that she had gotten from me. And that was a beautiful thing. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah and you think about that too with who your kids associate with because if you Mm -hmm. dart with like-minded people excuse me um your kids could be walking into a trap and you don't even know it because somebody else says oh you don't have to listen to that i mean look within our own church we have people that say oh you don't have to listen to what the catechism says you don't have to believe that anymore Uh and that's hogwash and the bottom line is men you know get educated first and foremost understand your identity who are you in God? Who are you in Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Because most of us have no idea to my earlier point, And to your point, you know, my dad told me I wasn't good enough for this reason, or my dad told me I was the greatest thing in the world and never challenged me to be who God wanted me to be. Mm. And I think that all of us, men, women, you said it earlier, God, John's not going to lead his family like I am, mm-hmm. but there's a commonality. What, what is it that it talks about in scripture without love, right? You're a, clanging, clanging. Long. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Love days. is the primary focus. How do we define love? Once again, it's been turned around. Love is Eros. Love is all these things. Where is the agape love? Where as a father am I sacrificing myself every day? Mm-hmm. Read, I can read the Bible all day long, but if my kids see me not living and I don't live it well all the time, so trust me, I'm saying, God has put it on my heart that you need to step your game up Mr. Man, you need to start living what you tell people, right? Watch your mouth, watch your swearing, watch all these other things. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and so you guys were talking about leading your families. And so I'd love to hear about maybe an example of a time when you have been that spiritual leader of your family, where it's been kind of tough, where it's been awkward. Maybe you were the one who had to say no to something that somebody else was saying yes to, or everybody else, it seems (laughs) was saying yes to, or maybe it was, you know, just something really specific that happened for you.
0: I, I I recall a situation. Um, so my son is our oldest, and um, he was he was in, he attended the University of North Carolina in Wilmington, and um, he was on the famous, <clears throat> pardon me, five year plan. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I guess I kind of am like my dad in that I don't always have a lot to say, but um, it got to the point where um, things were out of control, or I felt like they were. The warrior kicked in. And I told Barb, I'm, I'm driving to Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And so I drove to Wilmington. That's what, six, seven hours from here. I got there. We had a little conversation. It was Saturday. I, I didn't have to drag him, but it was clear that there were no other options, mm-hmm. but to go to confessions. So we went to confession and, in if you just said, John, what are you going to do? As I was driving to Wilmington, I had no idea what I was going to do, other than you're off the Gordon Scholarship. It's time to grow up. But, and I had all these things in my mind. But at the end of the day, what mattered was, and we're going to confession. And, um, and, and, and I've talked, if you talk to Chris now, he may tell you this, that, or the other thing. But I'll tell you, I knew it was right when I did it. I knew it was right about three weeks ago. Because we were back up in Wilmington visiting our kids, and uh, we went to Saturday Night Mass. And how old is he now? He's 40. Uh. Yeah, 40. He'll be 40. Yeah, I'll be 40 this year. Well, you are old. I am. old. I had him in the third grade. I didn't tell you about that. (laughs) We're in the New England Journal of Medicine. Youngest couple ever. But but Barb and I got there to Mass uh, a little bit early, and- Chris and his wife Amber, who who is a convert to Catholicism, who is just an amazingly great person. I love her heart. Anyway, they were standing in line for reconciliation, and I didn't drag them there.
1: (laughs) See, and that's such a beautiful story, right? So, twenty years ago, you just knew God put in your heart you need to go fight for your son. You need to go fight for your son. And sometimes we fight with our children, but we're really supposed to be fighting for our children. And in that case, you went up there and you were ready to. You were armed for battle, like you said off the Gordon scholarship, et cetera, et cetera, but God put in your heart, but you know, what's the most important thing, John, about your son right now is where he is with me and reconciliation is a healing sacrament. I want to be able to heal him. I want to be able to touch his soul. And so you were brave enough to do that because I don't know many moms or dads who would say, I'm going to make my 20, 21 year old go to confession, go to reconciliation. Right. But you did. And 20 years later, you're seeing the fruit of that. That is beautiful. That is gorgeous.
2: Yeah. No, give, give me, give me the look. Um, now I think it's interesting because in my life, God has led me and my family to different cities in our case, um, to lead me to different, um, development of my spirituality. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Cleveland, Ohio, where I grew up, went to mass all the time, had her first child. So, you know, she wasn't influenced that much. We moved to Birmingham, Alabama. We have EWTN in the background. First time we had perpetual adoration. So I started to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think your kids seeing you engaged. Yeah. Um, I talk a lot. So they hear a lot into your point about the, uh, Charlie. The Rast- yes. yes Charlie Rast- you know. Yeah. Yeah. You can see him glaze over when I get down the wah Um, uh, but I just think, seeing that that's important yeah. not missing mass going on vacation mm-hmm. not missing mass yeah. and then frankly when challenges pop up meaning you know things don't go the way your daughter wants them to in school or your son wants to trying to listen mm-hmm. trying to love and then also bring truth into that okay maybe this is not what god wants yeah imperfectly as, as i do it pointing back to what's god's plan Can we turn this into something that God's going to use for your betterment? Even if it's a major injury that takes you out of sports, if it's flunking a test, if it's not getting into the friend group you want. Mm -hmm. Great. God's got a bigger plan. Let's Pray about that. Let's find out what that is.
1: That's great. Yeah. So in those hard, challenging times, who do you turn to? And you're, you're modeling who to turn to. So gentlemen, we've got about two minutes left and I would love to hear any final thoughts you have, any call to action, any final thoughts you have for the men who are listening out there.
0: I think you guys hit it when you said Ephesians five, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get stuck when they don't I'm not gonna be submissive, but if you read all the way through, we have a far greater obligation mm-hmm. and, and I think we have to do that. Um I think Proverbs twenty seven, uh as iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. uh so one so I think we talked about being with like minded men or and and, and I maybe we talk about, hey, do you bring your business principles to your faith life, right? Yeah, so read exactly. the policy and procedure manual, maybe. Like, how about the Bible? <laughs> yeah. And how about Bible study? Um, it's 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 not for everybody, but it's a really good start. And then I would take, you guys talked about it, five minutes, start your day, five minutes quiet, just you and God. Mm-hmm. I promise you, by the time you're into it, you'll spend more than that.
1: That is
2: great. Now, look at John, hit them all. I think, I think being intentional, mm-hmm. turning to God first and look around you, see what COVID has done, see what things have gone in society and decide what's really important.
1: That's great. That's great. So would, um, I think Craig, you were going to close us sure. in prayer. Would you bless our listeners by closing us in prayer? We really appreciate how much you guys have just um, blessed our listeners with today, just your heart for, for men and male spirituality. So if you would bless them with prayer, that Absolutely. would be great.
2: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the blessing of this radio station that brings your message to many people. We also thank you for the message that families are important. The Trinity is a family, and you want us to reflect that. We just pray, Lord God, that you pour your Holy Spirit on every listener, on anybody that we come in contact with, that we can become that light of Christ to our neighbor, to our society. And frankly, start building up the church again from the ground up as spiritual leaders, as men, as spiritual people, and just loving you with our whole hearts and souls. And we always pray everything in Jesus' name, with the intercession of Mary and with the intercession of Saint Joseph. Amen. 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 Name the Father, Father the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: John and Craig, thank you again so much for being here with us. And listeners, please join us again next week here in the family room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.